Well, good morning, church. Good to be here and good to see you. And welcome to everyone joining us online, both from the Edmonton, uh, the capital region, and also from all over Canada and all over the world. We want to give you a real big welcome to our service. Today we are starting a new message series, a three-part message series, and it is called Rooted, Rooted. And you might remember that we kind of touched on this theme a little bit on our Vision Sunday, because in fact, at the last two Vision Sundays, the one, whenever it was, a month ago or something like that, we had our Vision Sunday for 2021. But you may remember that in November last year, we ended 2020 with a Vision Sunday in which we were celebrating everything that we had accomplished because up until that time, we had been working as a church on a five-year plan called the 2020 Vision, which was going to take us up to the end of the year 2020. And we had a number of goals and, and objectives that we were praying about and believing God for and working towards. And when we got to the end of 2020, um, it, it was great to be able to announce that every goal and every objective had been completed, had been fulfilled. So our vision that we had been working on, our 2020 vision, was now fulfilled. And so the question then that we have is, what do you do once your vision is fulfilled? And then, of course, the book of Proverbs supplies the answer for that. It says, a vision fulfilled is a tree of life. And so if we had fulfilled our five-year plan or temporary vision, it was time for us to really become a tree of life, to begin to bear fruit in all of the branches that make up part of this church. And so, you may remember that um, the three things we really talked about was we talked about um, how churches, if we want to be a tree of life, if we want to be a fruit-bearing church, we need to put our roots down deep and um, we also need to grow strong, and uh, because if a tree doesn't grow strong, it can break easily with the adverse winds of life, and also we want to branch out and bear fruit, and so uh, we were talking about that as a church, but in order for a church to be fruitful, all of the people in the church need to be fruitful. If a, a tree might have lots of branches, but if none of the branches are bearing fruit individually, then the tree as a whole is not bearing fruit. And not only are churches like trees, but the Bible says that believers are like trees. It says that we are like oaks of righteousness, the planting of the Lord. And in fact, one of the, one of the ways that you can actually flourish in life is to make sure that you are planted in the house of the Lord, because the Bible tells us in the book of Psalms that it says that those who are righteous, those who have put their faith in God, shall be like oak trees planted in the house of the Lord 
they will flourish. Now, oak trees are planted. It doesn't say those who visit the house of the Lord three times a year will flourish. It doesn't say that. It says those who are planted in the house of the Lord will flourish. And so it's important that our lives are planted. It's important that our roots go down deep. And in fact, in September of this year, uh, we are launching our new school of ministry, Gateway Academy, in which we are going to, we've take, done academy nights before, but we now have completed this course, this one-year course that people can take, and they can take it in small segments, and it's all based around the idea of us becoming fruitful, becoming fruitful. And so we've broken the year up into three semesters. And the first one is called Rooted in Christ. That's the semester we're going to start in September. And then in the, the winter of the, the following year, our second one would be Grow Strong in Life. And then after Easter next year, our third one will be Branch Out in Ministry. Get Rooted in Christ grow strong in life, branch out in ministry. And if we could all be those kinds of Christians, we would be fruitful trees, bearing fruit because our roots go down deep. And so those three ideas, we're going to be looking at them. And today we're looking at being rooted in Christ. Can you say that with me? Rooted in in Christ. And the reason we're starting with this is because Christ is the center, the starting point, the foundation, the end goal, everything that is to do with our faith. Let's just have a look at this passage in 1 Corinthians, where Paul makes this absolutely clear. And he's talking about how he first came to the city of Corinth, and he spent time with this church there, uh, making sure they were grounded in their faith. And this is what he said, when I came to you, my friends, to preach God's secret truth, I did not use big words and great learning. For, uh, have, you ever, have you ever been to one of these services I've been to them. I'm sure I've preached at them as well. When you're sitting there in the, in the congregation and you're like, this must be a really deep message because I don't understand a word the guy's saying, you know. It's all so. And he's saying here, listen, it's great to learn all these deep theological truths, but it's not good to do that unless your roots are deep down into the simple gospel message first right? Otherwise, you end up like one of these Facebook Christians. Have you ever seen those Facebook Christians whose mission in life is to correct every other Christian in the world about every trivial point that you can come up with, and yet you wonder where Jesus is in all of it? Look what he said here, not big words and great learning. For while I was with you, 
I made up my mind to forget. Isn't that a funny sentence there? I am making up my mind to forget. Isn't that a strange sentence? It's almost like an oxymoron there. Make up your mind to forget. Well, you know, God does that all the time. Do you know when we confess our sins to God? I know you still remember them. And not only do you still remember them, but the old devil likes to remind you of them as well, you know? He's the accuser of the brethren. But do you know when you confess your sins to God, God makes up his mind to forget them? He says, I will cast your sins as far away from the east as from the west. Like, that's eternally far away. If you keep going east, you will never reach the west, okay? You will keep going. And so it is as far from each other as you can go. And I will remember your sins no more. It's not that God's old and suffers from absent memory. He could remember all our sins if he wanted to, but he chooses to forget them. And Paul is saying here, look, there's a whole lot of things I could talk about, but I have to actually be disciplined with my, you've got no, if you're not a preacher, you've got no idea what it's like trying to control, I mean like trying, Maybe some of you are like, oh, I'm struggling with self-control. I used to be an alcoholic or a drug addict or a porn addict or whatever, and I'm trying hard not. Preachers struggle with self-control. We get up here, and there's 10 million things we want to tell you, and you need to know them all today, you know? And we have to, in our minds, prioritize and say, that's not as important as this, and that's not as important as that. And actually, when you get down to it, there is one thing that is more important than anything else. Look at this. For while I was with you, I made up my mind to forget everything except Jesus Christ, and especially His death on the cross where he purchased us and our salvation. And then he goes on and says, for no one can lay any foundation other than the one already laid, Jesus Christ. If you are building a house, let's say, let's say you decided to build a house and somebody said to you, what are you gonna use for the foundation? Oh, there's a lot of horse manure over there. I was just going to shovel it here and build the house on top of it. And then you build the house on top of it. And then someone comes along and says, your house is sinking and it's stinking, both at the same time, right? What are you going to do? Well, may maybe we can lay a new foundation, yeah, you're going to have to pull your whole house down or pull it out the road or lift it up or do something else. Because once a foundation is laid and then a house is built on top of it, you can build that house as fancy and as high-end as you want. It will collapse and become nothing because it is not built on a solid foundation. 
Do not be enamored by people of the world who look like they've got their whole life together and look like everything is nice and polished and shiny and, oh, I wish I could be like them, and they're not even a Christian, and I'm a Christian, and my life's tough, and why is God allowing them to have it? It might look high-end on the outside, but the foundations stink and sink, okay? Their life is not built on a salt. Didn't Jesus say, anyone who comes to me who hears my words and who puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the solid foundation of bedrock. But anyone who doesn't come to me, who doesn't listen to my words, who doesn't put them into practice. They might still get their house built. They might still manage to build a great life on the outside, but it's built on the foundation of shifting sand. And when the storms of life come, as they do to Christian and non-Christian alike, and even people with lots of money and and a very solid life, they can't control pandemics. They can't control government decisions. They can't control civil wars. They can't control all of that kind of stuff. There will always be things outside of our control. They will happen to Christians and non-Christians alike, and all those adverse circumstances will do is expose what kind of foundation our life is built on. Is our faith built on a solid foundation? You know, I've met many Christians over the years, sometimes people that have been Christians for decades, sometimes even people that work in churches, and I travel around and I get in conversations with people, and here's what I've discovered. There's a lot of Christians that have built their Christian life, but they never really got the foundation solid. They never really got it strong enough. And as soon as something happens, their faith is all over the place. I was speaking to, a couple of years ago, there was some Christian musician that posted on Twitter, I'm having a crisis of faith. I don't even know what I believe anymore, and all of this kind of stuff. And then this Christian said to me, oh, this, I, I like this person's songs, and they're having a crisis of faith, and they don't know what they believe anymore. I don't know what I believe anymore. Seriously? Your faith was in a total stranger who lives on the other side of the world? Your faith should be on Jesus Christ and Christ alone. No other foundation can anyone build. Except, listen, see if tomorrow I take some kind of brainstorm and decide to apostatize and become an atheist. I hope all of you will keep your faith in Jesus Christ and will not follow my stupid example because I'm a sinful human being the same as you and there's only one hero in this game and his name ain't Martin Trench or Billy Graham or the Pope or whoever else that you think is a great saint. His name is Jesus and he's the only one that we should put our faith in and if everyone else in the world abandons him, 
I'm not following them because he died for me. He rose again. He saved me. He changed my life. He holds me safe in his hands. He's going to welcome me into heaven. So if I'm going to put my faith in anyone, it should be in Christ and in Christ alone. Can you say amen to that, church? It's Jesus that your faith should be in. Not in human beings. Their emotions come and go, but Christ stays the same yesterday, today, and forever. So if we were building a house, we would make sure that it had deep, strong foundations. And the deep, strong foundations are the invisible part of the house, not the visible part. And the important thing in your faith is what is going on inside you, not on the outside. The invisible part, what nobody else can see, what's going on in your heart and life is Christ the foundation that nobody else can see. It's hidden under the ground, but that your whole life is resting on the solid rock of Christ. Now, that was, that's if it's a house that has foundations. But if it's a tree, and that tree is growing strong and bearing fruit, what do we call the foundations of a tree? What do we call them? Roots. And so we want to be, either have a solid foundation to build our life on, or deep, strong roots so that we can grow and become fruitful in life. Look what it says in Colossians here. In the book of Colossians, uh, the apostle Paul says this in chapter 2, now, just as you accepted Christ Jesus as your Lord, that's how your Christian journey begins, with you putting your faith in Christ, just as you accepted Christ Jesus as your Lord, you must continue to follow him. Let your roots grow down into him and let your lives be built upon him. Do you see how in this one sentence he is likening building a house on top of foundations to growing a tree with deep roots? Let your life be rooted in him. Let your life be built on him. Okay, so foundations of a building, roots of a tree, the hidden underground stuff is far more important than the outward stuff. Now, things might look great in your life outwardly, or it might look like everything's falling apart in your life outwardly, and you're struggling in a lot of areas. That is not the test. The test is what is going on in your heart. You see, there's some people that everything is fine outwardly in their life, and as soon as everything is fine, they get a few dollars in the bank, they get a new car, they're, they're enjoying their job, they're getting on some nice vacations, they forget all about God. There's a verse in the book of Psalms where David says, in my prosperity, I still sought the Lord. I hope you don't forget about God and only use Him for crisis management. But that whether things are going good on the outside or whether they're going bad on the outside, you know the state of your own heart. Search my heart, O Lord. 
try me and see if there is any wicked way within me and lead me on the path everlasting. So, are your roots deep? Let your roots grow down deep into him. Let your lives be built on him. And what will happen if you do that? Then your faith will grow strong in the truth you were taught, and you will overflow with thankfulness. Do you know that praise and worship and all of that kind of stuff is a sign, an outward sign of what's going on in your heart? I mean, like when God is really at work within your heart, it's like you want to worship Him. You want to praise Him. You want to put worship music on. You come to church and they start singing a song about Jesus and you get all choked up and, and the tears start to flow and you realize, Lord, you're my Savior. You saved me. You rescued me. And then you open your eyes and you look around and there's Christians standing like statues. How great the chasm that… It's like, you don't believe that, do you? It, and, and it's not, I'm not talking about hype. I'm not saying hype yourself up and praise the Lord. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying have such a deep relationship with Him that you can't help it. Everywhere you go, you overflow with thankfulness. You know how sometimes you're at a checkout and you pay your bill and the person gives you the receipt and they say, have a nice day or enjoy the rest of your afternoon or whatever. And you can tell whether the person's just repeating it as this, the, the script that they say to everyone, or sometimes you can tell that somebody really means it. Oh, have a great afternoon. And other times it's, you know, have a great afternoon. Yeah, you, have it your way, Burger King. Have a great day. Goodbye. You know, and they don't mean it. Well, it's the same with things like praise the Lord and hallelujah. Yeah, I know there's Christians that go about and it's all kind of like, it seems fake. Oh, praise the Lord. Oh, how are you today? Rejoicing in Jesus, brother, and all of that kind of stuff. And it's like, no, you're not. I, I spoke to your wife and she told me you're a cranky old goat. But, and, and it's all kind of like outward stuff, you know. But then there's other times that you, you or someone else says, oh, praise the Lord. And it feels like it's bubbling and overflowing from you. You really mean it. You are overflowing with thankfulness. How does that come about? It doesn't come about by getting all the stuff you want. It comes about by your roots being deep in Christ and you knowing that no matter what happens in life, He will never change. He will always be there for you. And He says here that, that if your roots grow down deep and your lives are built on Him, your faith becomes strong. It's not shaken by anything that goes on and you overflow with thankfulness. You know, when, when, I became, when I first became a Christian, um, one of the things, the, the main thing that I was caught up with, obviously, was Jesus himself. Now, when I first became a Christian and I started coming to church and so on, it felt like everybody else knew the Bible. 
You know, in those days, we didn't really put it up on screens. In fact, the only screens we used to have were, were those overhead projectors that you put the slide on with the next song. You know that one? And then there would always be somebody flicking through the box trying to find that song. And by the time they got it on, the song was over anyway, and it was time for the next one. They, they were the only projectors. So everybody brought a Bible. And I used to take my Bible to church, and they would say, turn to the prophet Zephaniah. Who? <laughs> I was like, what? <laughs> Where is it? <laughs> and by the time I found it, the reading was over, you know, the kind of thing. And so because of that, when I first became a Christian, I wanted to learn everything. Like, I wanted to know everything about the Bible. I wanted to learn the law. Why, why do we do this in church? And why do we do that? And What's Genesis about? And what's Exodus about? And what about Leviticus and Numbers and Deuteronomy? And so, in one way, I wanted to know everything. But even though nobody told me this, it was abundantly clear to me that the most important thing was Jesus Christ himself. And so, as a young Christian, I would be dipping into the Bible here and dipping into the Bible there, and then I realized, if I'm going to know anything, I need to know Jesus and I need to read the four Gospels. And, and I remember that first year of my Christian life, I read the Gospels and read the Gospels, and there was something magnetic about the personality of Jesus. And when I would read His words, they would ring as true, even when I didn't like some of them. Oh my goodness, surely that's not true, but but yet it is. It rings true. It's coming from the lips of Christ himself who saved me so I can trust him. And so begin to overflow. And so everything was about, and I realized that it was all about Jesus. And one of the things that bothers me a little bit is I, I don't think that everybody knows that. I think some people are, think it's all about them. This is my life story, and I'm going to add Jesus to it to kind of enhance it a little bit. But no, this is about Jesus, and you got added to his story. He didn't get added to your story. You got added to his story. He saved you and brought you into his kingdom. And therefore, the most important thing you can take care of in your Christian faith is the root system, the roots. I want to show you a couple of photographs, first of all. The first one is the tree of life. So some of you may remember this. This used to be, a few years ago, we had this over here. Christine made this big sculpture of a tree of life on, on a wooden frame here. It was white. It was originally white so that when the lights shone on it, it changed color uh, along with the lights on the platform. And then when that time was over, about last year, when we got this vision fulfilled as a tree of life, I said to her, can you gold leaf it, and we're going to put it up. It's up in our office just now. So this was the work of it being gold leafed. And you may be able to see there that the most complicated part of gold leafing it, the thing that took more time than anything else, was the roots. Look at all of these roots. Why does the symbol of the tree of life, which is so central to the Bible, but is also in every culture of the world, not only do you see the branches, but you always see this deep and complex root system. Because the roots are the most important part of the tree. 
Things can come and damage the outside of the tree, but if the roots are good, that tree will have a resurrection. Look at this photograph. The next one. Look at this tree here. It looked like it died years ago on the outside. But in the inside, there was a new tree waiting to be born again. And the old shell broke away. And because its roots were down deep, even though the old shell looked dead, the roots were still drawing on nourishment. And eventually that old shell cracked and a new young tree came forward. You know, when I, got, I noticed when I got to be 50 years old, I started getting all this junk mail and junk emails, Cialis and all of this kind of stuff. And I'm like, no, the Bible says the Lord will renew my youth like the eagles. When this old husk is about to give in, I'm going to crack it open and come out like a new thing because my roots are going to go down deep into the soil of God's love. God can renew your youth. He can renew your faith. He can renew your vision. He can renew your outlook in life. He can give you a fresh start, but only if your roots go down deep. It's all about Jesus. He is the focus of it all. I want you to look at this in Ephesians. We're just going to look at Ephesians quickly. In Ephesians 1, Paul says this, God has now revealed to us his mysterious will regarding Christ. Do you see what God's plan is about? I know we, people say things like, God has a great plan for your life, but the truth of the matter is, it's not really your life or my life that God's plan's about, it's his plan is all about Christ, and we are part of it because we're in Christ, which is to fulfill his own good plan. And this is a plan. At the right time, he will bring together, every, he will bring everything together under the authority of Christ, everything in heaven and earth. The story hasn't finished yet, but see when we get to the end of the story, this is all about Jesus, King of kings, Lord of lords, ruler of all creation. Everything will be brought together under the authority of Christ, everything in heaven and on earth. Furthermore, because we are united with Christ, we have received an inheritance. Everybody shout, I'm rich. I have an inheritance. Isn't that good? We've been given an inheritance. And what is this inheritance? He says, we have received an inheritance from God for he chose us in advance and he makes everything work out according to his plan. When we are joined to Christ, the providential guidance of God is on our life. And so Paul is saying here, it's all about Jesus. And because it's all about Jesus, he says, we need to pray a special prayer. And this is the prayer. Let's read on. He says this, next slide. When I think of all this, about how Jesus is central to everything, when I think about all this, I fall to my knees and pray to the Father, the creator of everything in heaven and earth. And what does he pray? 
I pray that from his glorious, unlimited resources, he will empower you with inner strength. Not he'll get you a new car, he'll get you that job that you're looking for, he'll sort out your marriage problems. It's not the outside stuff that's dealt with, it's the inside stuff that's dealt with, and then that produces new fruit outwardly. And so he says, I pray that from his unlimited resources, he will empower you with inner strength through his spirit. Now look at this. Then Christ will make his home in your hearts as you trust him. I watched a video about somebody that had found this dog, this lost dog. You know these videos that come up? I don't know where these people find all these dogs. I've never found a lost dog. But anyway, driving down the road and here's a lost dog and it's lying there and it looks like it's been lost for six months or something and the thing's all frightened and they manage to get it in their car and get it home and give it a bath and so on. And for the first few days, the dog never really feels at home. It's ready to dart out the door any second. But eventually it realizes that it has a home there and the dog settles down, and it makes its home there. You know, we can prepare our hearts so that Christ will make his home there, that, we, that Christ will know you are our focus. I want you to make your home in my heart, not just visit occasionally, not dart out the door the moment it's open because like it's this is an uncomfortable life to live in, but I want you to make your home in my heart as I trust in you. Now look at the next verse. He says this, your roots will grow down into God's love and keep you strong, he says, and you may have the power to understand, as all God's people should, how wide, how long, how high, how deep his love is. May you experience, not just know about it, not just sing about it, not just read about it, may you experience Christ's love. Though it is too great to fully understand, then you will be made complete with all the fullness of life and power that comes from God. God wants us to have our roots go down deep into his love. You know, as just before we bring this message to a close, we're going to pray, and we're going to, in a few minutes, and we're going to pray based on this passage of Scripture, but I want to show you one more passage first from John's Gospel, because I've been talking about you being like a tree, making sure you're planted in Christ, and that your roots go down deep into Christ. Now, that's not the only thing we need our roots. If, you've, if you only had one root as a tree, you could still fall over. There are three things the Bible tells us. We have to be rooted in Christ. That's what we're talking about today. We have to be grounded in the Word of God. That's what we're going to look at next week. And we have to be planted by a stream where we're watered by the Spirit. That's what we're, I mean, we need the Word of God and we need the Spirit of God. Both of those feed our spiritual life. But first of all, 
Christ needs to be the foundation of our life. And you know, I talked about us being like trees and our roots going down, but also the church being like a tree and each of us being a branch. And this passage is such a well-known passage in the Bible and such a rich one. This is Jesus speaking and he says, I am the true grapevine and my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch of mine that doesn't produce fruit, and he prunes the branches that do bear fruit, so they will produce even more. Don't put your faith in the, the things that are happening in your life, because even the good things, because sometimes God might have you doing something for a season, and you're producing a particular kind of fruit for a season. But now, if your life is truly being governed by Christ, and not just by your own mind, he might come and say, that season's over, and prune that off, because a new branch is going to grow someplace else. And it says, you have already been pruned and purified by the message I have given you. Remain in me, and I will remain in you. Remain in Christ, and Christ will remain in you. The Bible says we are in Christ, and Christ is in us. Remember the time I had a fish tank here full of water and I had a little SpongeBob square pants and I stuck him into the water and I said, he's in the water and the water's in him and we are in Christ and Christ is in us, so let's remain saturated with his presence. For a branch cannot produce fruit if it is savored from the vine. Oh, I, I just don't know why my Christian life isn't growing the way it used to. Why, what have you been doing for the last year? Lying in my bed in my pajamas watching other people worship online. Oh, I wonder if there's a connection there that somehow maybe you've got disconnected from the rest of the tree and now you're trying to produce fruit on your own at home there. So, he says, a branch cannot produce fruit if it is severed from the vine, and you cannot be fruitful unless you remain in me. Next verse says this, yes, I am the vine. You are the branches. I remember, I remember when I first became a Christian, I got asked to help out in this summer camp, kids' summer camp, and they had this little song, I am the vine and you are the branches, but they used to sing, he is divine and we are the branches. Divine, you know, he is divine and we are the branches. So, he is divine and the vine, and we are supposed to be connected to him. He says, from apart from me, you can do nothing. Anyone who does not remain in me is thrown away like a useless branch and withers. Such branches are gathered into a pile to be burned. But if you remain in me, and we'll look at this next week, my words remain in you. 
You can ask for whatever you will, and it shall be granted. I just don't know why my prayers never get answered. Are you connected to Jesus? Are you abiding in the vine? Are you abiding in Him? Are His words abiding in you? Are your roots going down deep into Christ? No. Well, that's why your prayers aren't getting answered. But if you are vitally connected to Christ, if your roots are going down deep into Him. It changes you. Your desires change. You no longer want things that God doesn't want for you. You want the things He wants for you. And when you ask, you receive and your joy is full and it brings glory to the Father. So come on church, let's stand together. We are going to pray together We are going to pray an abbreviated version of the Ephesians prayer prayer that we saw. We are going to pray that God does a fresh work in us, that our faith is quickened, that it comes alive, that that old husky shell breaks away and new life comes out of us and we bear fruit because our roots are planted deep in Christ. Are you ready, church? Are you ready? Come on. Let's say this prayer. Let's lift up our hands and let's say this prayer together. One, two, three. Father God, today I ask you to fill me afresh with your spirit, love, and power. May Jesus Christ be the center of my life. May he be to me my savior, healer, helper, guide, teacher, and Lord. May my roots go down deep into the soil of your love. May my life be grounded in you. May I be filled to overflowing with all the fullness of God. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Give him a praise, church. Come on.